Hello and welcome to Business Line Podcasts. I'm your host Aksha Chandrasekharan. This conversation you're about to listen to is a part of Business Line's Table Talk series, conversations with leaders on their life and times and businesses. In this episode, Business Line's Richa Mishra and Vinay Kamath speak to Brahmani Nara, the executive director of the Dairy Major Heritage Foods. For the uninitiated, Heritage Foods was started by Andhra Pradesh's former Chief Minister N. Chandra Babu Naidu in 1992. But the business was managed by his wife, Bhuvaneshwari Nara. Brahmani, married to their son Lokesh Nara, joined Heritage in 2011 as a Vice President and was later elevated to Executive Director. In this episode, Brahmani speaks openly about why she didn't get into the movie Biss like other star kids, given her heritage as the granddaughter of Telugu movie superstar N.T. Rama Rao and daughter of actor Balakrishna. She also talks about how she joined Heritage after a long stint studying abroad, her plans for the company's next phase of growth and her interests beyond corporate life. Thank you for listening. Over to Richa Mishra. and the names which you carry along with it the lineage so how easy or how difficult it was to go into the line which you did and then come here yeah i think uh, that's a great point for me uh, i think uh, what's been really really important was to prove myself outside before i entered family business uh, not only was it important for me it was also important for my family uh, because we've been a professionally run business since the beginning uh, you know our founder had spent uh, perhaps a couple of months with the business uh, after which uh, you know my mother and daughter took over the business uh, uh, back then so we've always been professionally run uh, unlike many other dairy companies so it was really important for us um, i'm also glad and lucky that the family gave me the flexibility to go out and explore what's out there and um, understand what i was passionate about and if i, if I was really interested uh in the business fundamentally right so i would say both my husband and myself had that opportunity um and uh for me i uh, like you rightly said teacher and had uh, an undergrad in engineering uh in the us and uh, that exposed me to the world of you know vc and entrepreneurship in california because i was in the bay area you know the area of where a lot of innovation and all that happens Um, during my uh, during that time, my husband was at the GSB Stanford, yes. uh, finishing up his business school. So I also had the uh, privilege of, of being uh, exposed to that community, that very exclusive community of innovation and uh, intellect. Right. So it was a brilliant experience for me, and I decided, uh, hey, uh, the way I can bring some value to the family or the business. is by going out there and learning about new opportunities because there's so much happening in the world out there um and decided to uh, step into the vc field suppose that i went to singapore i worked for the venture capital capital uh, fund for about uh, two years there um and decided uh, that you know later on i wanted to come back and join the family business and um, i was quite tender at that age right i was still about 21 or something like that So um, I felt like I needed to uh, qualify in the business space, and uh, you know, went about, got into uh, Stanford, and uh, got my MBA uh, degree over there. Uh, and uh, also, it was very important for me uh, to do my MBA at that point in time because I knew uh, I was getting into a space wherein, um, you know, once I'd be involved in it, I knew I'd be involved in it for a really long time. Um, given my you know husband's uh, interest in uh, the public field um so uh, so basically uh, you know that was a perfect time for me i was pretty young i was one of the youngest in business school yes it was a very different experience being the youngest and for someone who came with no business background and only venture capital background right um it was a very different experience and i think uh, the learning there was amazing in the sense that what i would have learned in say 7 or 10 years is what i learned within 2 years um so it was a brilliant experience and i'm glad i went through that process uh, of proving to myself and proving to the rest of the world uh that i had a qualification and i had an experience and exposure before joining the uh, family business and i think uh, the same would apply you know to my son going forward yeah. should he decide to uh, which ever line his options are just too many <laughs> <laughs> but for now he says he's the taster of the company <laughs>
So it's very interesting that even her husband, very few people uh, realize they think he was pushed into politics. But when he was in his college, yeah, overseas also, one of them, his area of interest always was politics. Yes, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> uh, my husband had an undergrad, in, uh, you know, yeah. uh, in uh, MIS at Carnegie Mellon, and uh, he spent a lot of summers working in uh, with the different companies, including GE and uh, Daimler Chrysler, etc. And since he was so interested in uh, public life and taking on the legacy of uh, his father, my father-in-law, and his grandfather, um, he worked with the World Bank for two years. So I think a lot of our planning had been done uh, based on only two things. One is uh, proving to ourselves and proving to the rest of the world that uh, we are capable of things. The other thing is uh, winning that credibility. And I think the third thing is uh, being more prepared and planned for what we wanted to do later. Um, so I think uh, those principles of the family, and you know, I've, I've also been really lucky because in how many families do they encourage the daughters-in-law to uh, go ahead, get to more degrees, get um, you know work experiences outside of the home country, um, if not uh, for the city, right? So you know, uh, it was only after I got married that uh, I was exposed to all of these different things, um, and uh, it, it was a wonderful experience. And in the process, I fell in love with. <laughs> the food space, uh, the nutrition and health space. So I, I was just coming to my next question then. The women in the family which you belong to, whether they were homemakers or what, they have had very strong personalities. Each one of them have been very strong individuals. Meet your mother-in-law or your mother-in-law also. She's a quite a one, everyone always thought, but she She's a very strong individual, whatever little one understands. She has a mind of her own and she keeps. So, you know, how, how, how does that influence, you know, being around and surrounded by you know, such strong individuals? Does it help? It's actually, Nisha uh, had a tremendously positive uh, influence. I think, uh, like you rightly said, my mother-in-law has been one of those individuals who's had a very positive experience. Um, in fact, uh, I would say that she's encouraged me the most in the family in terms of uh, going out, getting exposed, uh, etc. Uh, I think she's also set a very, very positive precedence for me, uh, you know, within the organization, within the industry, if not. As is one of the very few industries uh, that is, or, you know, uh, an industry that is male dominated, there are very few dairy companies, if you know, that are run by women, right? Be private, private sector companies or cooperatives. So I think uh, I got lucky that she sent a very uh, strong positive message and set a very strong positive precedence within the industry and within the organization, which made my entry within the organization much easier. And I guess uh, the future growth uh, of diversity within the organization also uh, much more seamless in many senses. Uh, today our board also has three women, yeah. uh, including one independent women director, uh, which we're very proud of. This is the uh, she's the chairman of the audit committee and uh, she's had uh, you know wide experience in audits etc and uh, I think end of the day it's so important to have Indian um, you know women on both of companies and uh, on management especially in Afi because it's the women who are making food choices uh, within a family it's the women who are taking care of animals at the village level and providing milk to us so it's fascinating that women are so involved on both sides of the you know value chain, but very few companies have women uh, involved as part of the management uh, today in the, the dairy industry. So having said that, I would also uh, like to say that I've been tremendously lucky to have uh, a very strong mother. She was always a homemaker for the three of us, but she was always strong in that she was always the decision maker. She always managed the finances of the you know family. My dad uh, is into the media space and he's a very busy person, less uh, prudent on the uh, you know uh, the family growth side, uh, but more focused on work all the time. She'd always encouraged us uh, to excel in education. Academics were paramount for her, so she pushed us uh, very strongly uh, in terms of getting a, a good education. Um, so, you know, myself and my siblings were very good students at school. Um, I, um, you know, as a result of that, uh, in undergrad, um, I had the highest sheet, which I had the Summa Kam Lode honor at Santa Clara. Uh, so, really, education was so important for us, and I realized the value of it later, right? It got my foot in the door, and it helped me with several different things uh, in uh, many unimaginable ways. 
in many senses i think uh, my mom wanted wanted for us to live the dream that she couldn't um as a you know child or growing up and um you know i've been uh, very very lucky to have her in my life so you know two strong uh, very encouraging women in my life have made tremendous difference uh, uh, you know it's it's just been a brilliant experience yeah and we can't take away the men who supported you through of course all. yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so you know as is a very uh, sort of a dislocated family uh, <laughs> with uh, half the family in that the telugu speaking state and uh, the women here so you know we're all over the place yeah. but we uh, make things happen at work at family we're very strict about spending time as a family together as well over weekends or whenever be the time um, and i think that's a value that's uh, really help us be on the same platform of things um as an organization and i think having said this uh we've also been an organization that's been sort of professionally managed since the beginning right um we started in 1992 um it was founded by mr chandrabhu naidu and uh 93 we started our op- uh, operations very immediately in 94 itself we listed as a company so you know we really held ourselves to uh high levels of corporate uh, governance uh, since the beginning and i think for me as an individual it's helped stepping into uh, uh, the, the shoes of the uh, the role of the executive director a couple of years back because it really put a lot of things in place since the beginning right uh, we had professionally managed board professionally managed team we had several uh, you know presidents uh, before i joined the company uh, so it was not only family run and uh, you know we've always had uh, strong audits in place uh, our chairman was always an external chairman it wasn't a family member so all of these uh, things have helped us tremendously uh, we grew on very sound principles since the beginning uh, our founder had said we have to be a b2c company right always consumer facing building a brand uh, cash and carry centralized payments look after the farmer actually that that was the genesis of the company we started as a company uh, which was very cooperative in nature to uh, you know help the farmer from the district of the uh, the founder um, and uh, this is something that's really close to my heart actually uh, i think this is a huge differentiator for us i mean this is the platform of heritage foods today that we're so close to the farmer and i'm proud to be a part of a legacy where i think um, in an industry like this you see very few second generation if not third generation Uh, people being interested in the business and continuing the business i think it, there's very few of us and i feel really proud to be a part of it so in fact in pre covid uh, all of us personally used to involve in many of the farmer meets mega camps that we used to have uh, for their animals um, and things like that so it's it's we do so many activities with them it's not even considered csr for us it's normal course of business csr is something very different how many do you farmers you procure from we on a daily basis we procure from about uh, 2.5 lakh to 3 lakh farmers depending on the season uh it's been a great relationship we have very close to uh, you know about the 200 milk collection units we go to about 13000 villages on a daily basis to procure all milk. in on the telangana no all across india actually okay. so we present in 11 markets we are probably um the most geographically diversified private sector dairy company in the country So we have presence all across South India. We are also present in Maharashtra. It's actually a big procurement zone for us. Mm-hmm. We are also present in uh, Haryana uh, at the Delhi market, um, and we also service the uh, UP uh, Uttarakhand markets in terms of sales. And where are your milk processing centers in Delhi? Uh, all across these markets. So that brings me to the next point, which is uh, something that I'm really passionate about, which is our uh, go-to-market strategy. Um, I see that uh, you guys haven't touched it. Yeah, that's what the company does for it. It's called. Yeah. So I I was under the impression Chittur was the main procurement base for so you. So we did char- start over there, uh-huh. and today it's one of our uh, many procurement bases. Uh, you know, Maharashtra is very strong for us. Okay. Um, Karnataka didn't really work out. No? Uh, Karnataka, you have a huge subsidiated. and subsidy Present. issue there but yes but we still do procure some volumes uh, from karnataka mm. but the manadu is important for us uh, you know telangana is also important for us so we really diversified that's what actually differentiates us a little bit uh, huh. 
And like I said, going back to the point, it's the milk procurement base directly from the farmer, which is diversified, which is our biggest asset today. Um, and I'm really excited about taking this asset and integrating uh, it with the superior consumer experience, which is where you know we're focused on for the next decade to come. We're 30 years old as a company, so I keep telling people that this is phase four of the company. And uh, that's where we started fo focusing on being more consumer-centric and uh, bringing about that uh, you know sharper road-to-market uh, strategy within the organization. So uh, today, about 25-26% uh, of our revenues comes from value-added dairy products, primarily curd. Mm -hmm. But uh, we want to change that mix to about 50% of revenues coming from value-added dairy products. Uh, Tremendous opportunity and tremendous personal interest. I think having uh, you know learned a lot about health and nutrition, and I have a backstory for it. But uh, having learned a lot, having spent a lot of time in California, having spent a lot of time uh, with other dairy companies, I spent uh, some summers working with European dairy companies, um, and uh, having looked at innovations in this uh, food space, I think there's tremendous opportunity to. Number one, organize the dairy space much more in value-added products in India. You know, there's paneer, there's ghee, there's all these different products that are hardly organized. And we are present in all of them, right? We have presence yeah. across. So just to give a background, uh, we are there in liquid milk, uh, we are there in milk foods as we call them, which is uh, driven by curd today, there's also paneer, there's also, um, you know, other solid products. Uh, we are also present in the healthy fat space, which is ghee, butter, etc., which I'm personally really excited about in terms of growth. Um, we're also present in the delight space in Indian sweets. Um, and I think, uh, you know, our, uh, you know, colleagues will be bringing some sweets for you too. I hope you enjoy them. We're also present in the frozen dessert and ice cream space. So very excited uh, about all of these things. And I think personally, there's a huge opportunity um, in embracing number one, like I said, consumer centricity, uh, that is so important. Listening to the consumer, innovating, uh, having consumer as the uh, you know core of the business is so important. Uh, more sharply defining our uh, market strategy, uh, for me personally, is very important. While we keep penetrating more in our existing sort of traditional channels of agents and distributors um, and our franchisee parlors. I think uh, consumers are also looking at uh, new channels, right? Modern retail format is very important. Quick commerce is really important. Uh, similarly, we are continuously innovating through our own new channels to reach out to the retailer and the consumer more directly than we did in the past. Uh, and you'll see a lot of progress in the coming uh, uh, financial year uh, when it comes to newer channels and innovating in that space. Um, I think what's also important for uh, me personally is um, putting in more and more uh, efforts into R&D for innovation. Now, I think so far in the dairy industry, um, innovation on R&D has been more about better flavoring, better coloring, Correct. better aromas and stuff like that. But I think taking a science-based approach can be very interesting going forward. Uh, how do we uh, look at our existing processes and make them more nutrition rich, improve aromas uh, using science, right? Uh, uh, and uh, making better and fresher products. Uh, coming out with newer, newer products, you know, for me personally, there are areas of focus such as, you know, protein and energy and uh, uh, better digestive health. All of these are very, very interesting, especially in the drinkable space, right? In Yes, yes, and you know, curd is naturally probiotic, yeah. but how do you make it in a way that it is affordable, mm -hmm. scalable, and understandable by the consumer? Um, so I think that's where our newer teams and newer structures are bringing in um, a lot of you know fresh thoughts, ideas, and experiences. You also have a tie-up, right, with some French company? Yes. Which is a big one. Yeah. Yes. So it is a JV company. It's a 50-50 JV between Heritage Foods and a company called Andrews. Which is one of the largest fruit processors globally, which also has a presence in the dairy space. Um, so I guess I think it's 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 so uh, yes. Yeah. So I I just uh, you know you, you made two very interesting points. One I wanted to understand from you is liquid milk is something which you know just sells like a hot cake in India. Everyone is going for it. 
So uh, one, one was that in that category, you have regular brands which are already there. You are a private player that heritage is down south, you are very strong. Delhi market since I've come from Delhi the up north, you're not right, right now you're not there. It's all about Amul and a few other regular brands and people uh, packet milk and people still prefer procuring, you know, open milk salt. So I don't know how the scene in Hyderabad now is. Uh, the, the other point was you mentioned ghee. The last two years particularly, this whole COVID phase, he again has come back into the system. There was a time when people were, you know, the fad came and he was, you know, he really took a back seat as one of the mainstay or the staple food ingredient, I would say. So, uh, there again in the category, you have the traditional brands which are already there and established. So, how, how would you open the channels here in these two categories? Yeah, I think, uh, like you rightly said, Micha, I'm really excited that the Indian market is going through this transition. I think uh, the last two years of COVID have brought in a lot of consciousness in terms of uh, what people are eating and the quality of what they're eating, right? So, I think uh, our route to market strategy has been very unique and will continue to be unique in that we're a very fresh company. Uh, you know, we try and cook your milk as close as possible to the markets where we service. And our processing facilities are also very, very close to the market. So, you know, for instance, Delhi, um, all our milk comes within, you know, a couple of hours away from Delhi, gets processed and reaches the consumer immediately. Milk being one, I think the major differentiator for us going forward is going to value added daily products, which, like I said, is already contrib contributing to around 26% of our revenues. I think that will be a major differentiator uh, for us. So, I think it's really a combination of the pie for organized and hygienically packaged products, um, uh, you know, really uh, penetrating the market and uh, if any, anything the last two years have only accelerated that consciousness and uh, the focus on innovation both on product and on distribution. Uh, you know, like I said, we're looking at new commerce and not just that, uh, there are some innovative distribution models that we're working on right now. Might be a bit too early to speak about it right now. Uh, things will roll out in the next um, financial year. Uh, but uh, those will really help us uh, drive consumer awareness and availability of the product. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, you know, milk is growing, but it's growing single digit. It's really the value added products that are growing in the market, right. yeah. uh, growing at about 15 to 20% uh, and uh, at a higher rate when it comes to some specific products. So that's where the real excitement lies uh, for us um, and that's where our teams are innovating. Uh, I think, uh, so R&D was something I spoke about when I said that it's no more a support function for me, for us at Heritage. Um, I think we really want to do some real science-backed differentiated R&D uh, which is scalable, affordable uh, by the consumer in terms of the profile of the products that we're looking at. That is technology, right? I think technology has become a major function for every business. Like every business has become a technology business. And to your point, Richa, of uh, how I think our company can uh, reach out better to our stakeholders, be it our uh, producers, actually, which is very, very important, or our consumers. I think technology will play a very important role um, and technology will drive innovation. I'll give you an example. Uh, on the procurement side, mm. Uh, we have used uh, electronic uh, machines that give uh, you know the quality and quantity of milk that farmers have supplied us, supplied to us, and uh, that's a very transparent way uh, to measure and pay them. Uh, they receive SMSs on a real-time basis about all of this, and uh, uh, we also make payments at the uh, you know collection center level digitally. Nothing is manual. That's one. That, that's something that we've been doing for a long time. But uh, more recently, we've started uh, an app called the Vet Plus app, which is basically an app uh, which makes available a lot of content to farmers in rural areas about the well-being of their animals, how to feed them, how to care for them, etc. And uh, today, everyone has a smartphone, and the idea is to disseminate relevant information at the uh, you know village level to our farmers and make them more aware. And uh, I mean, the future of this is. You want to drive remote veterinary services for them, uh, possibly animal auctioning, etc. 
Now all this is on top of the activities that we already do, which are um, activities such as loaning out to them, uh, you know, as a Q3 we uh, loaned out about uh, 100 cross through third parties to our farmers and made their lives easier. Um, we actually also supply cattle feed uh, to them, which is produced by us, high quality cattle feed that's subsidized and sold to our farmers. And, uh, uh, it's great because you know we're able to make available smaller quantities at the doorstep because our milk vans go there. Now, how do we bring some of these things also onto a technology platform and make our farmers' lives uh, easier, better, and empower them uh, more going forward? Is something that's personally important for me. Uh, as of today, we have about uh, I think the latest numbers were eighty thousand uh, registered users uh, for the Fed Plus app. We have a YouTube channel and all of that. So I think uh, technology on that front is very important. Technology on the consumer engagement side um, is really, really important for us as well. Um, I think technology on the predictor side is very important because today, I'm proud and happy to say that 75% of our uh, sales realization goes directly to the farm. So it's, I mean, this is probably the only industry that I know of wherein so much of the benefit of the sale goes to the farm. Directly to the farm. Exactly. Yeah. So if you know we're uh, able to be a little more smart about it um, and improve our margins in terms of predicting prices better of milk and commodities that go into making our final products, um, I think there's so much more that we can share with the farmer, right? Because that is the uh, ethos of the company to benefit the farmer. That's how we started. Uh, so we started as a company to help the farmers that were not paid on time, that were not paid transparently, uh, that did not have a guaranteed marketability of the milk that they were supplying to companies. So the idea is to use technology in terms of predictive, etc., to be able to uh, serve the farmer better um, and to run more efficiently. And of course, there is future, which is automation, etc. Uh, but I think technology has a huge role to play uh, in the organization. How much do you intend to increase the value add contribution from 26% to? So the idea is to the internal target is to increase it to 45 to 50% in the next three to four years. Okay. And so more uh, products are on the annual. Yes. So we will continue to be focused uh, on uh, the uh, existing set of products, uh, which are uh, you know our milk foods. Uh, that's very very important. In fact. We want to take our value-added products even to markets or clusters where uh, probably our liquid milk is not available because uh, these are longer shelf life. We are able to take them. Margins are better. So milk foods, drinkables is very, very important. Um, in fact, I'm really excited to say that uh, our new CEO of the company he comes with a lot of experience in beverages. Uh, so she becomes, uh, is, is, he's basically expoke. Um, so he comes with a lot of experience in that space. Uh, so drinkables is very important for us. Uh, fats very important again. Uh, frozen dessert and ice cream becomes very important, and uh, other delight products, uh, you know, Indian sweets, etc. You also, it's all made by you also, right? Cookies. Not the cookies. Not the sweets that you'll be getting. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Because Amul has already got into such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're also into confectionery and sweets. Yeah. So, uh, one more, you said you you are you know that loan facility and all directly to the farmers. So, are you also adopting the farmers? You know, like a community, and then going forward, that they are dedicated to the heritage, and their supply side is only to heritage for the procurement. So, farmers are not bound by you okay. know any agreement, etc. They are free to supply, hmm. and the reason they supply to us is because <coughs> of the different activities that we do. Right. We've been doing for the last thirty years. Hmm. Um, uh, including, you know, uh, providing them with accidental death insurance. In fact, that's something that started very recently, a couple of years back only. And it's a very important social welfare program that we provide to them because, as you probably know, rural areas, uh, a lot of accidents happen, right? Road accidents, uh, snake bites, electric uh, accidents, things like that. Um, so, that as well as, um, uh, you know, subsidized cattle feed is something that we provide to them. Uh, we provide, uh, we actually have local sort of funds at the village level where the villagers get to decide what activities they want to do. They could decide to um, distribute among their communities. 
um, stainless steel milk cans because they're the most hygienic way of procuring milk versus right. plastic cans. Right. Right. It's also good for them because they get paid better because the quality of milk that they supply will be better. Uh, they might, uh, you know, uh, decide to actually, you know, buy mosquito nets for their uh, animals because as much as we are, uh, you know, prone to uh, mosquito-borne uh, diseases, they are also. Uh, and things like that. So there are several, several activities. But I think the biggest commercial benefit is obviously paying them very transparently, paying them in time, and assuring them marketability of milk. So even during the last two years, uh, when in, uh, you know, uh, especially during the first wave, when the demand had come down a little bit, and, uh, you know, several players couldn't absorb milk, we as a company took the stance that we will continue to. Uh, stand by the farmers and procure milk from them, and uh, that's what we did. We stood by our commitment to farmers, and uh, that's very important for us, very close to my heart. Since you're a venture capitalist, I have to ask you this question: <laughs> How 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 do the funding finances yeah. in this category, uh -huh. in this segment, happens? You're a listed entity. I'm not just talking heritage. You're right. listed. You raised money from there, and then it, essentially it was internally, you know, the funding happened, and then well, you immediately went for a listing, and now your funding is not. But overall, in a dairy industry, in a industry which is so unpredictable, it's more risk driven than anything. It's you, know, you can succeed, you can fail. I mean, you, it's just not that you have a strategy in place and then. It's growth. It can be flat. You can fall. It it can turn anyway. There is one industry. So how how uh, secure is the segment right now as far as finances are concerned? The way I look at it is uh, an interesting question, right? Because mm -hmm. there is much competition for limited yes uh, funding uh, etc. Uh, the way I look at it is dairy or milk is an essential commodity. There is always demand for it, is especially in the market uh, like India, right? It is, um, it's actually a proud category for someone like me who is excited about health and nutrition to be involved in mm -hmm. because it's a basic uh, source of holistic nutrition, right? Calcium, protein, uh, vitamins, minerals. In fact, we were the first dairy company to end-to-end -end fortify all our uh, milk with calcium okay. and vitamin okay. D um, in the country. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's holistic, it's accessible, it is, um, it is affordable and it's really empowering. Uh, to women, most importantly in rural areas, because it gives them a sense of pride and standing in their society, they take care of all daily activities. Uh, so, yeah, I'm proud of it. It's an essential commodity, it's affordable. So, I think uh, the future and the growth for milk and now milk products is looking very positive. Um, and if you look at the profile of companies that have been around, um, I think till the time that liberalization happened in the dairy segment till about 1992 93 that phase. Uh, it was 100% cooperatives who had, uh, you know, so a, a supply package milk in the country. But now, uh, that share had has significantly changed in the 30 odd years. It's, uh, what I latest heard was that it's about 50-50 between cooperatives and between private sector companies. Which to me means that um, you know, there is growth happening among private sector dairy companies too, despite the strong competition. Um, and, you know, things are looking uh, very exciting and interesting going forward. They have been, there has been private equity uh, funding in the dairy sector. There have been uh, acquisitions uh, of international, uh, of Indian companies by, uh, you know, the world's largest players. We've also seen that international companies wanted to directly uh, enter India in the dairy space. Uh, uh, somehow did not work out in most situations, uh, primarily because you know sourcing the sourcing platform and story is so important in the Indian uh, you know scenario and the Indian space. It's not an easy asset, and that's why I go back to the biggest asset that I think we have as a company, which is you know the sourcing story. Uh, so I think uh, yeah, the future for dairy is looking very interesting. On our part, we as a company, um, uh, I'm happy to say that uh, we are debt-free. Uh, recently turned debt-free a couple of uh, uh, months back, um, and uh, we are focused on our own business itself. 
because like I mentioned, we believe that this I believe that there's tremendous opportunity within daily uh, per se. In fact, we, um, you know, in the last couple of years had taken a major decision to exist, uh, exit our retail business. Uh, um, yes. That was post my joining of the company. Yes. Uh, we are really focused now on, you know, innovation and R&D. I mean, that's been my baby, uh, along with focus on, uh, you know, the consumer. So we're becoming more and more FMCG in that sense. Um, and uh, I truly believe that if we have a sharper, synergized road-to-market strategy, uh, instead of uh, you know working in silos, uh, there is tremendous potential uh, for the industry. Uh, is the procurement cost for the local cooperative brand Vijaya cheaper than what it's for you? Well, we all compete uh, on prices, so I would say. We all pay similar prices, um, and uh, because there's so much competition, and uh, uh, you know everyone wants milk, right? Uh, because the growth in daily production in the country is estimated to be about four percent only, which is quite low uh, for the growth that we're seeing on the demand side. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I think that relationship that we've had over the last thirty years. And we're building in relatively new milk sheds is helping us as a company. Uh, farmers trust us, farmers want to be with us, uh, no matter you know how the pricing changes. Uh, so, when you say you're going to be a consumer led company, uh, what do you mean? You mean that you're going to keep checking on what consumers want and be I a demand led yeah. kind of company? Absolutely, I think consumers, so we will have to start being more and more FMCG for one. Uh, I think. Uh, being available and closer to the consumer is very important. Again, sharper route to market uh, very important in that sense for one. I think secondly, uh, listening to the consumer is very important. Uh, and innovation led by consumer needs and wants is something that's really uh, important for me uh, going forward. It would be uh, social listening. It would be uh, consumer research uh, when it comes to new concepts and products. Um, or uh, improvements within existing products, uh, etc. So, consumer-led innovation in that sense is very important. And I think having a structure within the company, uh, I've realized very recently, uh, which is aligned with this focus on the consumer, has become very, very important for us. And hence, uh, the appointment of the new CEO who comes from this experience in uh, you know uh, marketing and consumer, you know, uh, led innovation. Uh, was very important. Now we have a dedicated marketing team doing a lot of uh, cool digital stuff, uh, listening to the consumer, engaging the consumer, etc. And uh, also, I think uh, you know a lot of change when it comes to R and D again, uh, led by consumer, is something that's really exciting for us going forward. Have we got into um, ice cream parlors or parlors which stock all your products? Yes, uh, in fact, uh, as you speak about, we have about 859 heritage franchisee parlors. So think of them as, uh, you know, Kirana stores uh, with, uh, you know, just heritage products uh, when it comes to daily products. And, uh, so the each will stop products. all your range? Yeah, they contribute towards about 18% of our revenues um, and uh, they carry all kinds of products of ours. Uh, again, in line with uh, our vision of creating entrepreneurship, this has been something interesting. We are also looking forward to uh, creating models on the procurement uh, side, wherein we create micro-entrepreneurs at the village level. Uh, so that's something you might see quite soon, uh, because um, we want to, because I personally feel again, dating is so important, right? Unlike other spaces in Agri, it is a source of consistent year-round income, demand is only growing for milk. Um, whereas you see a lot of people in villages becoming disinterested in dairy or agri in general. And there's a tremendous opportunity to uh, identify, uh, inspire and empower, uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurs at the village level in the dairy space because that can be a thriving uh, source of livelihood for them. Again, that's, so you have them invest in chillers and that kind of stuff? Uh, yes. At the procurement point. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're looking at uh, rolling out this opportunity, uh, direct reach out opportunity, uh, the coming financial year. So again, you'll see a lot more information uh, next financial year.
But for me, I think on my part, what's really exciting is, is again, my, uh, so daily sort of happened naturally uh, after getting, you know, all of this exposure, etc. because of my interest in uh, health and nutrition. Uh, again, you know, my focus, uh, I was saying there was a backstory, so I grew up a very chubby kid and uh, had some, you know, health issues you growing up and all of that. <laughs> Thank you, I had to work really hard. <laughs> Uh, and all of it and uh, I think just the amount of innovation that was happening uh, in California in the food space, uh, the amount of innovation that was happening uh, in Europe in the dairy company where I uh, interned and uh, also given the situation in India, right, um, you know, end of the day, uh, being the mother of a seven-year-old, it really, really uh, hurts to see how much malnutrition still exists in our country and I see this a lot when I go to the village level. Uh, as we interact with farmers and do a lot of programs with them. Uh, there is that on the one hand which hasn't improved. Like India continues to have the maximum number of uh, you know, man-managed children globally um, and why should that be the situation, right? So that being uh, the situation at the, uh, on the one extreme, I think uh, there's really a dichotomy. You also see obesity growing uh, among kids and uh, among adults as well in India. So I think uh, in the nutrition uh, space, dairy perfectly uh, fits in India, like I said, more accessible, affordable, understandable, scalable by the consumer and uh, really excited uh, about some of the products that we are working on, existing as well as new products. How much is uh, uh, you are putting aside for R&D? So, that's uh, your key focus now. Yeah, so I think uh, definitely these numbers are something that I can share a little bit more. So yeah. far it's been a pretty low number, it was a part of our quality and assurance yes, budget, yes, yes. but uh, this will definitely increase and so will our marketing budget mm. starting the next financial year right. and uh, we're working on our budgets right now actually right. and that's the reason why I'm not able to give out those exact numbers, uh, but uh, that is, these two areas will definitely see an increase in uh, investments uh, going forward. So uh, since you're talking so much, we're talking value-added products, we're talking so, uh, in uh, you know, before I ask, uh, to your exports and global market sure. strategy. Uh, in India now, FSSAI has come off it suddenly. They are more active, they are uh, talking about it, uh, you know, fortified uh, uh, even rights they have done now and various products, categorization is coming out, BIS has its own standards for everything. So on the policy front, when, when you are a growing company, when you are looking at different categories, uh, how how well prepared are is the industry to reach out to the global standards, and how well prepared is the Indian policy maker set up to adopt to the global standards? I think uh, changes at the regulation level, especially related to quality, uh, and if it's a standard. Uh, more than welcome and uh, I'm actually very embracing of it because I think uh, the dairy industry like I mentioned is highly unorganized mm. and it is high time we have strict guidelines to implement on quality and purity of uh, you know milk and milk products so I think that's welcome. And coming to the question of India's sort of uh, competitiveness of uh, exporting products I'm hoping that will happen soon, but as of today, India is sort of self-sufficient in milk. The demand within the country itself is growing so much, uh, and the supply is growing just uh, three and a half, four percent. Uh, so I think uh, you know we as a company are at least as of now really excited uh, about focusing on Atmanirbhar Bharat or being self-sufficient uh, for a highly uh, thriving market in India. In fact, if anything. Uh, we are more focused uh, on bringing Western products to the Indian market, and that's where uh, you know our JV with the French company is something very unique. Uh, we're probably the first uh, JV for yogurts in India. Uh, we have a dedicated uh, plant built uh, very close to Mumbai, actually, uh, which makes fruit and flavored yogurt and very very different packaging and experiences. Only in the market. Already in the market. What's the brand it is? It's called uh, Mami Yoga for our stirred yogurt. That is the global brand uh, of uh, uh, Andrews. 
for the yogurts. It's actually Mami Noa, but then we adopted Mami Noa for the Indian market. Mami Noa. Yes. Okay. These are French uh, yogurts, and uh, please look them up in uh, you know Bombay, Delhi. Where we are not present in Delhi as yet because of logistics, but we are in uh, Bombay, we are in Pune, we are in. Um, uh, the main markets You're in Hyderabad, yeah? No, no, we are in Hyderabad too. In fact, Hyderabad is a thriving market for us. Uh, we are in Hyderabad and we just introduced uh, our products in Bangalore too. Very soon they will be available in Goa. So we wanted to be more focused on these top markets where there is high potential to penetrate these markets. And uh, again, these are fresh products. How many products have we launched under the JV? So we have uh, four variants of stirred yogurt and four variants of drinkable yogurts. Uh, that are available and we've also recently uh, launched uh, natural yogurts really excited about these uh, have been very very positively um, you know uh, accepted by the consumers uh, despite the fact that we introduced these products to, during the peak of the first wave of COVID um, so this is around the end of uh, the financial year uh, 2020 so March April-ish uh, we were very uh, very determined to continue uh, with our launch plans etc despite unfavorable external conditions but uh, really excited about further growth coming so yeah. we are outward looking as a company very impressive um, so I think a couple of things that are really exciting that I've been personally focusing on number one is how do we focus more on R&D as, as a science and as a business function than a support function. I think how do we embrace technology has been really important. How do we make ourselves more and more focused on our core business, um, that is dairy and dairy products itself, uh, and grow within that space as a result, uh, the exit from the retail business. Uh, how do we continue to financially secure ourselves as a company, um, and as a result, you know, we've made ourselves recently uh, debt free. That's been very, very uh, important. And how do we look at uh, Improve, improving our relationship with the farmers, right? One is the technology angle that I was talking about. Uh, so after I joined the company, we also started a division called the Heritage Nutrient Division, which makes high-quality cattle feed produced by yeah. us at two processing facilities. And these are uh, feed that we're able to make uh, very efficiently, cost-effectively to our farmers. And uh, that's seen uh, pretty good traction. So as of last year, we did about 125 crores in revenue, still in your business, like I said, a four-year-old business. But uh, really looking forward to making, uh, you know, high quality, better feed, e feed easily available to the farmer through our own uh, channels and value chains. So I think that's really important for us as well, uh, or for me personally going forward. Um, so really excited about all of these different things. And I think these are all means um, to the end of, you know, growing to a value-added product mix of 50-50 in the next, uh, you know, uh, three to four years. Uh, really excited and uh, I think as a mom also I'm really connected because, you know, dairy becomes such an important part of a child's diet. So how much of these products your son has? Oh, everything. He's, like I said, he's the designated taster. <laughs> he's the designated taster. Um, and, uh, in fact, you know, every birthday party that I go to, I take a bunch of our products and uh, just to assess, you know, what's moving better than others. Uh, so I took our yogurts and uh, our flavored milk very recently uh, uh, to one of the parties that I was at. Um, and yeah, even during COVID period, I think that uh, resilience and that determination to uh, to launch new products was there. We launched uh, immunity milk, cold coffee. Uh, you know, yes. if, if you're not happy, having it right, uh, right now, please feel free to take it. I hope you like it. Uh, so, cold coffee intense is something that uh, we launched. Um, we also launched, uh, relaunched our key in new packaging. There were many different products, and you know, very soon, uh, the upcoming summer season, there are uh, some premium flavored milks that will be launched. So, really excited about the pace at which innovation is happening and uh, the, the excitement with which teams are working. India is a very price sensitive market. That is very true. So, so how do you work the numbers? Right? I mean, uh, recently of course everyone has raised milk prices. It becomes a very you know sensitive issue. Just like petrol prices keep happening, it will go further up. Yeah, there will be cascading effect also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that will have an effect on our industry too. Like, you know, <laughs> 
as is a romantic industry in Italy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think pricing is very important, and that's where uh, the focus when it comes to R and D efforts, when it comes to innovation efforts, that whatever we do should be um, affordable for the consumer is really very important for us. We're one of the first players to make. Uh, curd in pouch actually, um, and when no one has believed <laughs> that it would work, uh, India is probably the only market globally that has curd in pouch. So we believe in uh, value-based innovation, and that's really important for us. And that's why we believe that going forward, also, if you're able to use technology better in terms of making our product available to our consumers, uh, in terms of internal efficiencies such as automation, etc. And also in terms of predictive, you know, hopefully we'll get there at some point in time. Uh, we will be able to make our products even more competitive um, in the market, and uh, obviously be our farmer also better. So that's where uh, we're coming from. I mean, today we procure about fourteen lakh liters of milk from farmers across you know eleven states in the country, and uh, to be able to reach the target of forty five to fifty percent of value added daily products contribution towards the revenue. That needs to double uh, to about twenty uh, lakh liters per day, and we need to be more competitive in terms of caring for a farmer and paying our farmer. Uh, so that is something that's always there in our mind, uh, and again, I go back to the point. Today, heritage's strength is the direct access to fresh milk from the farmer. And that will continue to be the strength going forward, and we will continue to build on it. And that will translate it into uh, everything else. Do you plan on launching a premium ice cream brand or a premium confectionery brand? Like what hats are you down? So right now we are just focused on dairy products. We are not doing confectionery. Uh, at least in our next three-year plan, we don't see that. However, we are already present in uh, uh, premium ice creams under the brand name called Alpenly. Which was Alpen B, A L P N B I E. So it's a French word, you know. Alpen Alps B is happiness. Thank you, to Alpen B B. Not as complicated. <laughs> so uh, this is something again that uh, we launched, uh, you know, after I joined the company. It's our premium, you know, high quality milk ingredient, uh, high quality chocolate ingredient, and other ingredient. Um, Ice cream brand, sub brand actually, under the name of Heritage itself. Um, this year, we're seeing. I mean, the last two years, ice cream was a business that actually uh, took a hit because of high procurement prices for one. Uh, for other players who don't have their own procurement, uh, the other is because of you know COVID and uh, the belief that you know you shouldn't be having whole products during uh, these times, uh, and thirdly because of. Uh, Shorter summer periods that we've seen the last couple of years. This year we're seeing an interesting growth already in the ice cream sale, um, and we're excited about the summer to come. Well, reading your mission statement in their conference yeah. hall, you said you want to hit six thousand crores in twenty twenty two. Are you online for that? Or? Right. So that was our old one when we had the retail business. Okay. Uh, but in the next uh, three to four years, uh, sorry, four to five years, we expect to be be there. We lost. Uh, one year due to uh, the sale of our retail business and focusing on the financial health of the company as well as the focusing on the board. Right? Yes, this was a, a, a business of about 130 uh, food and grocery stores across Chennai. Who did you sell it to? To future retail. Future, yeah. Yeah, to future. Um, yeah, and uh, we lost uh, another sale one year to COVID, like most uh, of the dairy industry. So in the next four to five years, we expect to be at that number, uh, and uh, if not earlier. So that's and if this will be driven again primarily by value-added dairy products, right. innovation, technology, and sharper uh, route to market, which is something that I'm excited about. I'm really excited about ghee. I'm really excited about paneer. Both these products have seen significant growth. Uh, with the sharper route to market strategy that we've taken this year already, um, and of course the other uh, beverage products etc. will uh, you know uh, gain more traction in the summer season. They tend to be highly seasonal. Yeah. Just uh, two questions. One could be off the record as well. I'm sure you've been asked this before. I mean, given your 
family's lineage in the movie business did you not consider <laughs> no in fact you know what uh, uh, our parents had consciously kept us away from the media for some reason growing up uh, we grew up very shy kids as a result of that <laughs> so uh, absolutely no interest uh, in uh, media i mean uh, mainstream media as such um, yeah i think that's that's reserved for my father and if my brother is interested people take that on <laughs> the other question i had is again this to be off the record yes given the fact that mr naidu is a prominent politician and that we have a rival politician in the state do you ever felt any political pressure on the business policy from the government look we've been in politics for the last many many decades right uh, uh, after long since naidu said as when in politics the last 40 years uh and no one was able to do anything uh, we are a fundamentally strong business we are a very transparent business we buy uh, many international awards also uh, for corporate governance uh, the golden peacock award etc uh, so we are confident our uh, business will remain untouched and in fact our business is um, something that's helping the society helping the farmers uh, contributing to the sector as well exactly absolutely which is what drives us you know that would be uh, beginning of the company uh, you know and it's a big part of our vision uh, also delighting every home with fresh and healthy products and empowering the farmer we started with empowering the farmer and then we went into the delight space uh, for the consumer right uh, so that's never been an issue for us and uh, we confidently grow not just in ap but or uh, you know telangana all across india like i said you know maharashtra tamil nadu karnataka delhi haryana all of these markets So we are a highly professionally run company, which is very transparent. So, so um, we are not not to you or the company devil in politics, right? Not at all. Absolutely not. Uh, just to backtrack a bit, uh, how has your Stanford MBA helped you in your managing your business? Are you bringing back all the training there to the business here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in uh, many senses. Number one is I was pretty young when I got to. The so you were about twenty-three when you first. I was yes, yes. So I was. Um, uh, I graduated in twenty thirteen, so I was really young uh, when I was there, and uh, I think the incremental growth in term, terms of learning was tremendous for me uh, because I mentioned really young uh, at the GSB, and I think the sheer uh, innovation that was happening and being. Um, one among many and sort of not necessarily the best was uh, a fantastic experience for me it was uh, fabulous uh, i taken classes in areas of interest that is entrepreneurship and vc because i wanted to bring back this entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurial experience to the businesses well. you know as a result several things that happened right including our feed business etc i wanted to bring entrepreneurship within our existing company So I taken uh, classes in that space, in the finance space, uh, managing growing enterprises, uh, etc. So I think it really helped me uh, develop uh, technically as well as personally when it came to leadership. I also led a couple of clubs, including the retail club and the marketing club, which were really small at Stanford at that point in time. So really had the opportunity, and of course uh, my network of peers. Who continue to be uh, my good buddies right now contribute uh, as a sounding board for thoughts, ideas, uh, matters, issues, things such as those. Um, yeah, so I think I give it give a lot of credit to my experience, not just at Stanford, even at Santa Clara. The time that I was doing my uh, undergrad, because you know, uh, education as much as it was technical. it was also very holistic uh, and uh, so i think uh, that as well as my exposure in singapore having worked in venture capital uh, was uh, was was something that uh, that i really really value yeah. so what do you do when you're not leading heritage <laughs> you know what actually um, i'm so passionate about health and nutrition <laughs> that i do try and do things within that space so you know even if i have half an hour i go out for a walk uh, i uh, recently started playing badminton again i grew up playing badminton and i've gotten much better at it than i was as a kid uh, so i think uh, that's amazing so i play badminton i try to do a lot of outdoor activities in fact uh, i'm the kind of person who would ask people to meet not in a cafe 
but over a walk, yeah, for instance. And that's something I picked up in California, right? Uh, so that is one. The other thing that I'm really um, passionate about is healthcare services. And I'm on the board of uh, Cancer Park Hospital, which was started by my late grandfather, uh, Mr. NTR. It's based in Rajpur. He started the hospital uh, in the memory of my grandmother, who had passed away to cancer, to leukemia. Uh, and uh, that gives me a great opportunity to actually make a high level impact in a field where uh, you know the chances of survival are so low and uh, it's a not not for profit uh, organization it gives me it gives me an opportunity to bring in uh, a more corporate angle to uh, an organization which is doing so much good work we see lacks of patients on a yearly basis we're consistently uh, ranked among the uh, top seven cancer hospitals in the country and uh, use a lot of technology. We have a dedicated pediatric ward which most uh, hospitals don't have. So I think spending time there and really making a difference, um, you know, really, really exciting. If you like what you heard, share the link, check out our site thehindubusinessline.com and watch our videos on youtube.com backslash thehindubusinessline. That is youtube.com backslash thehindubusinessline. Thank you for tuning in. You'll hear more from us next time.